0: Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast.
1: In this episode, Ryan
0: and Corey talk about ghostwritten content on your social media and how it can affect your brand's authenticity and transparency with consumers.
1: What is up? How's
0: it going? As always here at 930. And excited to talk about ghostwritten social media is interesting topic that you just threw out, Corey. And I was like, that sounds really cool that I want to discuss. Kind of goes along the lines of where we were ending yesterday, I think, in terms of um, delegating and handing things off. So I think there's some people that just have trouble getting it going. Um, So I kind of wanted to I wanted to see where was your mind at when you were when you were throwing this topic out? Where did you want to go with this?
1: Uh, This came directly from the group um group. our MCO advisors group, uh, and it was purely based on some of our members just reiterating the fact that they have a hard time generating enough content to feel like they're making an impact, uh, or even maybe overjudging some of the content they need to put out. And I asked the question rhetorically um, to the group, like, in all seriousness, would it be easier for you guys if you had ghostwritten content? And I, frankly, I wanted to see what the Response would be, and um, I'm glad that our coaching is proving valuable because the answer, excuse me, the answers that we received or that I got back were it would have to be really well written, ghost written content coming from inside my firm. Um, Otherwise, no, I don't want any canned ghost written content. So um, it just got me thinking. That's
0: what's, I guess. That's that what the, the process would be interesting. I'm not sure if anybody's already doing this, so I'd be interested to hear if anybody has a relationship with somebody. Well, I guess you know, I don't know if anybody wants to say that then, but uh, but either way, if uh, if, if you wanted to sound like you, I know I, I think the best comes from the authenticity that can carry through, but there have been some people who say, I have a lot of trouble, just like you said, gaining traction, getting my post out, being clear, and I think it would be a lot easier if somebody could have that. But you're right, have to be compliant, and obviously, have to be good. And most likely, my guess is the process would be choppy because it would be better to be custom. And that would mean you have to have somebody write things for you and then you put them through compliance because if they're already approved, then it means it's already canned. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where where everything always is.
1: There's a couple ways to handle it. The easiest way that I think ghostwritten social media content can apply is if you have it done and disseminated through the brand account. So like we talked yesterday, if you have a, um, or a, one of these days we talked, they're all kind of blending together. But if you have a firm account, um, you know, Keating Wealth Management, um, that you could have ghost written content coming from that account, I think a lot easier than you could coming from the personal side. Uh, the personal side, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb and, and look canned unless it's really well done. Whereas on the brand side, uh, I think you can get away with it.
0: Nick threw out an interesting, um lead pilot is pretty cool but uh it doesn't use it but you can take canned content that allows you to go in and customize it and give it your own voice i guess it's like kind of like a lead pages for content and i don't know i think that at the end of the day everybody has something they're good at and they have something that they're not so as much as i want to tell you that everybody should have their own voice online um maybe if it's something you struggle with or just don't feel like you can do it could be an option for you just to see what it looks like but i'd have to see all that content i really would just to just yeah. to be sure it'd it have to be so picky and so right and i've just i've never seen perfect canned content Or and i and i well i don't know let's even call it templated i feel like it's even mean yeah. to call it call it canned but templated content it's hard to put your own voice in that because um I don't know. Even if you, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to see it all. Well, let's look at it from a
1: couple different ways. Like a firm like Lead Pilot is putting out a, a, a lot of content that you could go in and pick through, right? So there's templates there, um, and that that falls much more in line with the canned content. Now, while you can customize it, fine. I'm talking. What if you had an intern or if you had an associate that knows the business, knows you a little bit, and can at least get. Forty-five to sixty percent of the voice down. Now, are you now? How does that land with you? Um, and and I'll answer my own question before you do, Ryan. Personally, I'm not doing it, but I would allow someone like Kristen, who we've hired, to get inside on the brand and and start to disseminate content.
0: Yes, hundred percent on that part. Um, I think we yeah. I remember touching on that a little bit the other day, and it it's we were also talking about the value of bouncing back and forth between your personal and and having that brand content but having somebody else who can be that extra voice there and giving somebody that chance i actually even think is a good idea um i think it's something that you're better at speaking from the brand voice but we've had a lot of talks about uh you know the a a brand shouldn't be able to like grab something or, or or feel or a certain way and it's hard for me to separate the two so just to just to put somebody there to have that extra voice um would be valuable for anybody else who's like me and has trouble doing that too, and wants to use your brand account.
1: Yeah, um, let's dig into this a little farther. Is it better for someone to go down the road of ghost-written social media um, posts than it is to do nothing at all?
0: Um. Yeah, I would say. If you're engaging in the comments and you have some piece of it or you're you're there to a degree but i would assume you'd have to find something like there's probably somebody who was an advisor who writes maybe who writes copy for other advisors i'm sure there's somebody out there like that you know advisor like myself coming to try to be a marketer and help advisors with their businesses i bet there's somebody who who went over and felt really good at social media and and could write that content maybe that's something we should do because i feel like um i have the pre-approved mind i mean especially in in terms of if you're working with an lpl advisor you can write the content and they can just put it all out but it would have to be somebody who has the advisor like mindset point of view and adds to the technicality but i don't know that's such a touch it's, it's a tough question because i never would but i'm trying to but i'm trying to like be empathetic to the fact that there's some people who really have trouble with that. And it's almost like if it's if it's something that you're really bad at, we're always telling you to delegate and go around the things that you're not good at. Is it really okay to not be there and not say anything? Um, And maybe you maybe you put in a little bit of your personal stuff in between that canned content. And that's what makes it easier for you. Maybe you don't know the financial stuff to say. So I will go on
1: record and um, and I will say this till the end of time. I would rather, on the personal brand, personal side, me, Corey Keating, I would rather say nothing than have someone speak on my behalf under my umbrella and my name. I think canned content, personally, I think canned content detracts from your brand more than it adds any value. So I think silence is better than canned. Now, on the brand side, on the corporate brand side, I, I have some more wiggle room on that. I, I have some wiggle room on the personal brand side, I have no wiggle room.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. That's a lot easier for me to accept because I think I'm dancing around trying to say that that somebody should do that, but I don't I don't think so. Um, so yeah, and I agree with the never never the canned content. I don't think that um, but maybe the perfect ghostwriter, whoever that may be. but even even then, when it's not your voice, I think what happens is then people meet you. And it could be different, I guess, than the feeling that, you, that your posts give out. And that's a little bit of inconsistency that I think the value added for building your own brand is that when people actually contact you or find out who I am, they see, they see it's the same thing as the show. And then I'm like immediately verified. That's always been the beneficial thing that I loved about brand is that it can connect offline. It's, um, you know, I just, and that's that's the way I've looked at it. So I would never do that myself. But um,
1: Plus, yeah. we're full of bullshit detection, and the second you yeah. see that that templated, ghost-written, canned content in the feed coming from a human, coming from a personal side, you you detect it. It's it's immediate. Um, I, I don't want to go down. It's we we. It's so easy to go down this canned content route, but I did see a post the other day that really bothered me, and it was, it said the person that I'm connected to, let's call it Michael Smith. And I, I kid you not. I took a screenshot and I want to share it. I need to pull the names out of it. it. Said Michael Smith and four others shared, and it had a you know ellipsis and the post. So this person and four others shared the exact same thing from the firm, and LinkedIn uh, um, aggregated it for me. Instead of showing me all five of them, it just showed me the one post and said my connections all posted the same exact thing. So the algorithm's actually catching on to this um, canned advertising approach that these firms are putting out. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I'll have to share with you. It it blew my mind. I want to see that, yeah, that's crazy. I think about this though, like Nick says, doing nothing is better than posting ghost written content. And I agree with you. But what if Nick was doing your content Then other people may disagree because he's had a proven success of bringing in new relationships. And what if he could what if he could guide you to actually do that successfully uh, or write it for you? Then that would be interesting.
1: The problem is, is what you let us down the road of when you start to have engagement with people and they say, oh, I saw or I liked how you illustrated X. You didn't illustrate X and you may have missed it because you just have Nick writing all this stuff for you. It's true.
0: Um, What if you're so bad? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: There's no way around it. This is a shortcut that we're trying to find here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's some things you can delegate. And um, I don't know. And the reason I was thinking about this is, is it okay to have, you know, no presence? And where I would always say is that it's it's always better to say nothing than I think to share like articles, uh, the, I think we always say that pre-approved articles, you always mm-hmm. see the same, whether it's going back to a website or it's going back to something. I think that's something that's not even worth putting out there. I don't think it does anything for you. In fact, I think we can agree it hurts.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Let's take a look at this one from things, Zach. Hang on before you click. Yeah. This is um, interesting. Um, Zach, you've mentioned this uh, in the past a little bit about having success with um, some of these email campaigns. Uh, I'm interested in this. I don't know why that would work. I'm wondering if this is just a numbers game and that um, you can just obviously communicate with more people via email than you can on social media. I don't know.
0: Maybe it's the age and the group and the people he's looking for that, you know, I don't know how... Zach, I'm interested too, is how hot is your list? Like, do you know these people or these people you've met? Do you buy lists and add it together? Or is this like... You, you're you know you, you're used to do presentations or something like that and you've just gathered a bunch of names because then that can be that can be different so i'd be interested to hear For uh, sure. but we that's the second time i've heard zach say it's performed well and i don't i, I know before he said it actually is, is is working you know so that those those are the things i want to say is, is if anybody's ever tried it and it's working you know i'm always open to to hearing what, what actually works and and bringing in clients i think that that's at the end of the day we we want to help people um obviously grow relationships we say grow your business but what everybody really wants is those extra relationships you want to be able to help people and actually do your job and make more money and help them and and that's that's where it's at
1: yep um go ahead uh zach jumped back in clients
0: and prospects thus far have responded very politely to our content 32 percent open rate well-vetted list built over many years so a bit warm overall and that's where i think and that's where i think it it um it can, it can obviously help is if everybody, I don't know, if everybody knows you sometimes, maybe they don't care as much if it's, nah, i still say it's not, it's not to do. Well, this this, this that, is that marketing to a is a really good deal. open rate, by the way.
1: I think that's, well, yeah, that's but he's, he's cool. marketing to his current clients. I mean, that's, this is yeah. one of the pieces of advice we've, yeah, but this is warm, right? This is why people should be doing this. So right. Nick, Zach, this is a really good example of why people should be doing this.
0: And why i wanted to dig in because i think it's 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 reasonable that obviously the warmer it is the easier that 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 does to make those con- contact points and yeah you know at the end of the day if people know who you already are then they see something about it then they call you they already know what they're going to get so you don't have that that necessarily i guess connection issue but i don't know why email too and that's what i'm saying maybe it's maybe it's well written mm-hmm. maybe it's something new that not many advisors are using and in two years Zach won't like it anymore because everybody's doing it and it just it just floods and it becomes more canned or something. I'm Can not I just, sure. I'm just, for a
1: second, on the email thing, why I'm so bullish on it is, one, 32% open rate's ridiculous. That's awesome, Zach. Keep going with that. Even if no one opens it, they still see it show up in the inbox. That's still branding. You're still getting in front of them. It's the same thing with the newsletter guy, Ryan, that you guys used to market to that put a stack on his dining room table. He may mm. not have read them, but he still got them. And Gap emails me every day and I don't open any of them, but I still see the word GAP in my inbox every day. That's branding. It's consistent. It's, I mean, this Do stuff is there. Uh, it, sure. Um, it's just the idea of top of mind advertising. We're forgetting. Like, it's like mm-hmm. we, we measure these metrics. Like, well, I had a 32% open rate and a 16% click through rate and then a 2% conversion rate. So everything's grand. Like the hell with the rates. Let's just say you got your name in front of somebody consistently.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I don't know. And and if it works, it works. So I'm I'm interested to talk talk to Zach a little bit more about that and how it's been going. One of the things we said is when he first told us is like you know let's let's let it play out a little bit. You'll have some real data like that 32 percent open rate. Um, you know I'm interested in in the amount of um in the amount of relationships that come out of it. I think. You know that's it's it's awesome. It's just awesome to see something like that and hear that something's working. Whether whether we think it's canned or or can judge it or not, you know, I yeah, I I, I think it's it's a really hard business to get into. And while I want to tell everybody to uh, to not have to do something like that, you know, if it works, it's at least something that I want to bring up. Not maybe and and everybody can have their own opinion on it. But if something's bringing in clients, you know, I want to share it on this show.
1: I just think we so, overvalue if, metrics so much. Like yeah, thousands and thousands of dollars are being spent every day on billboards and there's no metric being measured on that and thousands yeah. of dollars are being spent just on bus stop signs and bus stop wrappings and all these different things of just getting the brand name out there and if i could send an email to a hundred thousand people that just said emco advisors and it showed up in their inbox three times a week i would do that and i wouldn't care if anyone deleted it or everyone deleted it the point is you're seeing it and like the metrics are awesome but at the same time there's something to be said of just seeing something
0: yeah And I think it matters what I'm realizing and something that I've actually been learning from following a few marketers on here is focusing on the right metrics. I think a lot of people focus on the high level metrics that I guess most people may call vanity metrics or something in terms of you look at likes on a post versus how many clients, you know, are you actually getting at the end of it? Is it actually working or how, how are you growing? And is is that the right way? So I think like, the 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 metric at the end um of is things are working or how, how can you grab the right data from something that's something i've really been thinking about that's just because like for example everybody like spends their time trying to get the cost per click down for like a facebook ad and that doesn't necessarily add to the end consumer you know it's just that's like a it's like a high level kind of sometimes it's a it's like you're, It's like a fly to the glass window who can't, can't see the problem because they're too close to it. You see that high-level high vanity metric in front of you. And while it's something to go off of, it just doesn't necessarily mean customers on the other side. So you start tweaking your ads to try to get the cost down instead of actually maybe adding the value that you needed to get the customer on the other side.
1: I could go on for hours on this. This could be a good show for another day. But I worked uh, in in the 2012 to 2016 era. There was a big boom on data, right? And it was trying to figure out the behavior and the cycle of what people were doing when they got into your world, got into your funnel, got into your website, got into your emails, where they were going, why they were leaving, why they were making the decisions they were making. And I worked at companies that spent more money on blowing out these data teams and bringing in people to analyze this data and put together reports on all this data than they did on the actual marketing. And it went so far that this is where all this automation came from. It was born in this era of 2012 to 2016. And they, I think companies went way too far on this stuff. And uh, if everyone just hunkered down and created just better content for people to engage with, we would have a lot less to worry about on the data side because we'd have more customers than we would know what to do with
0: i agree i agree that's a good that is a good topic for another time um i think we always carry from one topic to the next i mean that's generally going to happen so um appreciate you guys engaging um
1: talk about tomorrow what do we got
0: tomorrow oh yeah tomorrow we have uh we have a guest who do we have on kristen shea Kristen Shay, we have Kristen Shea coming on. We had uh, we had a few people shout her out. I think at least two advisors when I was like, "Who should we have on?" Uh, so we had at least two people mes- men- mention Kristen Shea. I think we were already reaching out for out uh, to already reaching out to her. We got to talk to her yesterday um, and just touch base on what we were going to go over. And if anybody knows, she has you know great social media content. Uh, we'll obviously tag her so you can jump over and check that out and see see her her cool videos and her message. I think she's a great storyteller and she'll have a lot of great um a lot of great things to say for advisors and things that you guys can actually act on. So we're going to try to make it as 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 substance filled as possible. And um,
1: I think you guys should be there because it'll be a really good show. We'll answer questions. She's a spark. She has a lot of energy. She's fun. Um, she she just has a lot of insight and does a really great job, especially with uh, social media videos. Um, you know I I can't wait to dig in on that and uh, it'll be a good show so definitely everybody watching um, today and then tomorrow join ask your questions get them in for Kristen tomorrow and then we'll have fun with it
0: yep we will see you there cheers thank you for listening we hope that you find value in this show
1: we hope that you find value in Emco Advisors
0: you finding success means everything to us
1: if you found value in this show please leave us a rating
0: thank you all
1: talk soon